Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a slightly different episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. If you follow me on the social medias, you already know that I am super sick and sitting here talking to you right now with a pretty bad case, or I don't know if it's a pretty bad case or a pretty good case of pneumonia. So I was really debating how to record the podcast this week. I get out of breath so quickly. I have a hard time just speaking for an extended period of time. I, you know, stand up and walk across a room. I get out of breath. So this episode, I have promised myself to take it super, super, super easy. And if at any point of recording this show, I get totally out of breath, I may cut this episode short. So this might be a shorter episode than normal. But if you have listened to this podcast for a while, you probably know that the episodes I record when I'm feeling really vulnerable, when I'm ill, when I'm sick, when something crazy is happening, often turn out to be some of the best ones. So I'm also grateful that I have the opportunity to sit here and share and just open my heart and connect with you guys. So let's take a moment just to connect with the body. I know I really, 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 really need it. Let's find a comfortable place to sit. If you want, you can lie down, you know, if you're tired, if you're sick, ill, just having a hard day, you know, you can feel free to lie flat on the couch if you want. If you want to sit up tall on a meditation cushion or on your yoga mat or whatever is going on, make a little more space for the spine and sit up tall. Now, if you're in the car, and I get this feedback sometimes for the beginnings of this episode, if you're driving a car, that we can absolutely tune in and have a big moment with ourselves for this meditation practice without closing the eyes. And some days we don't want to close the eyes, right? Especially if you feel a little bit unsafe in the body or a little bit, maybe a little scattered. Sometimes closing the eyes can feel a little bit overwhelming. So you can Simply direct your awareness inward and get the same results as you would with eyes closed. 
And then the moment you get to wherever you're going, so arriving to this place here now in the body, let's right away just take a few deeper breaths, whatever deeper breaths mean for you right now. Perhaps it's just a really slight elongation of the exhale. You know, the longer the exhale, the more we can tap into the parasympathetic nervous system and begin to settle down a little bit deeper into the body. And on days when breathing feels a little bit challenging, just focusing on that breath out can go a really long way. So little by little, allowing the breath to slow down. And sensing in the body right now what it's like to sit here in this moment in your life. And whatever is going on right now, let's approach that with a little bit of acceptance right now. So I'm not saying that if you're going through something really hard or really challenging that you have to love it, you know, that you have to feel grateful for it. But approaching with just a touch of acceptance or just opening up to the possibility of acceptance. And acceptance meaning that literally that, that we can just put a little bit of the resistance down, you know, and this is hard for us as human beings to, to really understand because when difficult things come our way, our immediate gut reaction, you know, is to try to push that hard thing away. I don't want that to happen. I don't want to feel bad. I don't want this pain. Mm -mm. Let me try to figure out my life or change something or improve something so I can feel better, right? So I can get back to happy. And what we don't realize right away or what takes, takes a bit of time, I think takes a bit of maturity, takes a bit of heartache to actually get to is that resisting the pain is a huge part of the pain it's almost like resisting the experience or trying to push the hard thing away like not accepting this challenging thing that's going on in your life adds a whole new dimension of struggle onto that pain and the way i'm contemplating my own life right now sometimes my inability to accept what's going on in my life, when I really get to the heart of it, that inability to accept that resistance, that refusal to allow this moment to be what it is, sometimes that's the biggest part of my heartache is that I resist my own humanity. You know, it's almost like I'm telling the universe, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here in this right now. No, give me another life. I don't want this. And when I reject that hard thing, I reject everything. You know, it's impossible for me to fully embrace and receive love and friendship and compassion and healing and health and everything I want so bad in my life. It's impossible for me to fully receive that if I'm so immersed in resisting and rejecting everything else, you know, it's like I, like I shut a part of my own humanity down and then all of a sudden I can't really receive the good things either. You know, it's like we're kind of on the outside looking in. We want to 
feel, you know, in every inch of our being, what it's truly like to, to be held, to be intimate, to be vulnerable, to be loved by someone else. But we spend so much time trying to make sure we don't get hurt again, that we reject the love too. You know, it's like we can't shut down just a part of our heart. So we end up shutting down all the way. And then we wonder, why is it so hard for me to receive? Or why is that relationship always so far away? Or why are things not working out? Or this thing I'm fighting for? And it's like, yeah, we got to start by allowing ourselves to be, you know, letting ourselves have this human experience here now. And it doesn't mean we have to love the heartache, but approaching it with that little bit of acceptance or just that possibility for acceptance, maybe just the longing and the prayer of, I want to accept my reality the way it is. I want to accept myself the way I am. I want to accept this challenge, this struggle, this pain. I don't want to resist my life anymore. So just take a breath right now into whatever this is stirring inside of yourself, just a long, long, full breath in. And if you want, you can open the mouth and exhale everything out. Let's just sit in this place for a little while. So nothing you have to do right now, no other place you have to be. Just giving yourself this moment to to really be here. Yeah, every moment that we're really here, you know, here for all of it. It's never a moment lost. It's never something better we could be doing with our time. So just feeling into the body, feeling into the heart, the breath, this emotion, this experience, this pain if it's there, this joy if it's there, the mix of all of it. And just holding yourself right here, the way you are, a little while longer. Now, if you would like to stay with your eyes closed or just keep your awareness within your own body, go right ahead. And if you want, you can flutter those eyes open. Hmm. Maybe stretch out a little bit. You can reach the hands and arms above the head. Turn your head side to side. Give yourself a little space. Maybe shake out the hands or the feet. Ah. Hi. 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 <laughs> Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. 
This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Ondaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. I love that we get two opportunities to meet for this show. It's always that first meeting of hello and then we have a little practice and then we truly arrive, like really arrive. We're really here and we get to say hello again. So um, speaking from the heart, how am I doing right now? Oh man, <laughs> I'm sensing this resistance now. Like I don't even want to go there. There's so much moving inside of me. I could, I could cry on cue. Like that's how vulnerable I feel right now. I'm really, really, really sad. Like I'm feeling overall just, just this sadness right now. I feel sad because I feel like there's something wrong with my body. Like I feel like, and it's not just, oh, I have some, you know, I have pneumonia right now and that'll pass and then whatever, but it's triggering a lot of old things inside of me. It's asthma that I've lived with my whole entire life, which has been this roller coaster of, of healing and then getting worse and then healing and getting worse. And then, and it's kind of opening up into these areas of my past that I haven't thought about in a long time, or maybe that I haven't explored in a long time, I guess. There's this, this feeling of sadness. I mean, it's, and I was really sitting with it. Like, why am I so sad? <laughs> Am I sad just because I, I am vulnerable right now? Like I am fragile, literally. I don't like being fragile. Can't walk across a room without having to like, like, you know, I lose my breath. I can't catch my breath. I can't laugh. <laughs> like that's a, like I have to exist in this really sad, like vanilla in between place. Like if I laugh, it triggers a cough and the cough triggers the asthma. Right. So I like can't have like big emotional displays, which is funny because normally I am very loud. Like in this house, we laugh a lot. But no, I have to like contain myself the whole time. Can't make sudden movements. Can't, you know. So I'm just, I'm just feeling sad overall. And there's this feeling of, of helplessness, I think, this feeling of, and anyone who, and it's not just asthma, of course, anyone with asthma will relate to this, this feeling of, of being out of control or not being able to control your body. I'm sure a lot of different conditions and a lot of illnesses come with that feeling of just helplessness. Yeah. And for me, I really, really, really don't like that feeling. You know, I think I spent a lot of my life making sure I am in control, you know, making sure I don't feel helpless making sure I have 
you know, everything in order and organized and I know what's going on in every area of my life. And this feeling of like, I have no control. <laughs> it's really, really, really hard to, to sit with. I remember like being little, like I've, I've had asthma since I was really little. And I shared this on, on social media a couple days ago, but the feeling of like, I can't trust my body. That's what asthma is for me. Almost like when I was little, when I was younger, it was like my, my body was a bomb. It could go off at any time. You know, I was really allergic to a lot of things when I was little and that would trigger the asthma. I was allergic to animals. Can you believe it? Every, all furry animals, like dogs, cats, horses, everything. Like if someone had a cat at home and then they would sit next to me in school, like I would get an asthma attack. Like I was so, so, so allergic. And, uh, you know, obviously those things went away. Like we have tons of dogs right now. We have an animal rescue organizations. We have goats. Like we have, uh, you know, we have so many animals. A lot has shifted, but that feeling when I was little of everything was out of my control and like I was really vulnerable to all of these factors that I couldn't control, like who would come to class. Like, like I remember in school, they would have to ask people to like, if they had animals at home to like wash their hands and to not cuddle them before they went to school. And they wouldn't mention my name, but everybody knew it was me, you know? And I, I've, had, I've had to contemplate this now, like how much time have I spent in my life making sure I'm not helpless, right? Making sure I'm in control of, of everything, making sure I'm not put in that place of, of not being able to, yeah, of not knowing what to do ever again. So now that I'm here, like I wake up in the morning in, a, in an asthma attack, like every day, <laughs> I, I wake up in the night, can't breathe. I had to tell Dennis yesterday, like this was what, a couple days ago. He woke me up in the sweetest way I thought. I told him because sometimes he wakes me up in the morning. If he ever, like I always awake first. So if ever like I'm still asleep, I really want him to wake me up gently because I don't love like a harsh wake up. Sometimes he'll like grab my shoulder like, hey, we're late. You know, like Leia has been sleeping in a lot lately as well. And he just very gently placed a hand on my chest when I was asleep. And that woke me up, but super gently. And then he left his hand there. And then he placed his hand on my belly super gently. And I was like, man, what a, what a beautiful, like super soft wake up. And then we woke up, we took Leah to school. He took Leah to school and he came home and I said, hey, how, what a beautiful wake up I got this morning. He, and he goes, what? I thought you were dead. <laughs> oh my God, I can't, I can't laugh. And I was like, What? He says, you were totally pale, like your lips were a little blue, you weren't moving, and I couldn't see your chest move, like when you were breathing. So I put my hand on your chest to make sure your heart was beating and that you were breathing, and I couldn't feel it. And then I put my hand on your belly, and there I felt you were, you were alive. <laughs> so what I thought was like a really beautiful, peaceful awakening was him checking to see if I, if I was dead. And I was like, okay, this is not cool, like... And, I, and it's not like I think that that's going to happen. Like that's not, that's not where I am, you know, but just this, this, this not knowing, right. It's almost like my body's not cooperating. And when I get into that place of, I really can't breathe, even though now I have medication, now I have a lot of stuff that helps me, which I'm also resistant to, which is like a whole other thing. Like it's still putting me back into that place I was when I was little. Right. It's like reminding me of all those nights spent at the ER 
reminding me of all those things I couldn't do when I was little, reminding me of like all the things I missed out on because I couldn't trust my body to not, to not like, I don't want to say mess up my life, but like I couldn't trust my body to just keep it together, you know? So a little background, like as to how we got here and I don't want to get into this long because it's not, it's not that exciting, but middle of January, Leah got a cold, got a cough and she was home for two weeks from school and then got totally better, but a little bit of the cough stayed. And then Dennis got the cough and then I got the cough and our best friends are here, Olivia and Patrick, they got the cough, their kids got the cough, Olivia's parents got it, Patrick's parents got like everybody in our like little bubble of people that we hang out with got this cough. Everyone got tested, everyone tested negative and we tested multiple times like negative for COVID of course. So we knew we didn't have COVID and it was like this cough going around the island, no big deal. And then, you know, like two weeks into me having this cough, I think I don't know what's wrong with me, but I think I got to a place where I was like, I didn't have any other symptoms. I didn't have a fever. I was just a little stuffy and I had this cough and two weeks in two weeks is a long time for me to not be, you know, to, to not feel better. It's like, feels like a very long, like intense cold, I guess. I just decided that what if I'm sick because I'm, because I, because I'm making myself sick, you know, like I've like surrendered to to the fact that I'm sick. I'm just going to start moving my body again and maybe that will propel some energy and that will make me feel better and then I'll get over this hump of this cough, right? Like, I don't know what planet I was on thinking this. So a couple days ago, I started working out again. (laughs) Like I've had a lot of asthma. I've had a hard time breathing. I started working out again and I thought maybe I'll just like push myself through, you know, like, oh God. So I went for a run couldn't breathe and it became a walk. Okay. And I went for another one, couldn't breathe, ended up being like a very slow walk. And then three days ago, I took the class with Olivia and her sister and her mom. So if you've never heard of the class, it's a high intensity workout. Like it's, it's really high intensity cardio, um, mixed in with some yoga stuff, but it's like you do burpees and squats and jumping jacks. It's really, really, really intense. I powered through that entire class. I had a hard time breathing. I had to use my inhaler before and after. I had a hard time breathing through the burpees and I had to slow down in the jumping jacks. But I did that class, right? And came home and afterwards felt so much worse, right? It was really like from that moment, like my asthma just started, my asthma went from being like not great. I was, I had to use my inhaler a lot, which I normally don't, to like, oh my God, I really can't breathe. I had two nights in a row where... I thought I would have to go to the ER because I really could not breathe and really don't want to go to the ER. The ER is like COVID central and you have to wait for hours. I mean, you know, no one wants to go to the ER. And there's this clinic here where you can, it's it's called urgent care. It's a private clinic. You can pay, but it's really, really, really quick. And they take care of you right away. And they wouldn't see me without a more recent COVID test. So I had to go get tested again, tested negative, And then 24 hours later, I could go to the clinic. And that was yesterday. And by this point, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was, it was like hour by hour at home trying to make sure I didn't have to go to the hospital. Like that was how I just could not breathe. And, you know, went to the clinic. It took five minutes with that doctor. And she was like, honey, you have pneumonia. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> you have pneumonia, like you should not be like out and about, like 
I, you should not be working out. Like I did the class with pneumonia. Like what kind of a psychopath am I? Like what the hell? Yeah. So having that as like a, like, I guess a diagnosis was like, oh, okay. So that's what's wrong with me. That's why I still have this thing that it's not just a cold. I can't kick. It's like a cold gone bad. And now it's in my lungs. And now it's like, it's really, really bad. Like pneumonia kills people. Pneumonia puts people in the hospital. Pneumonia is really serious. There's something called walking pneumonia where you can like walk around with it. So obviously I have like a, a good case. I mean, I guess a mild case of it, or I wouldn't be yeah, recording this podcast right now. But so going from like, you know, I've been drinking tons of juice. I have been not eating any sugars, taking all a lot of vitamins and superfoods and tinctures and herbs and like been really serious at taking care of my health, the, the you know, the, the organic way, I guess, to like, here's a huge dose of antibiotics. Here's a machine for you to breathe in three times a day. And here is like pills to take and a whole new set of asthma medication, like here take this. It's like seven things a day I have to take. And I went from this resistance that I'm feeling just in myself, like I don't want to be sick. I want to be fine, a lot, like going through this whole motion to resistance to this medication. And sitting with that now, you know, it's like, I, I, I genuinely believe just like how we practice this meditation at the beginning of this of this episode. It's like the things we resist, the resistance make makes the hard part so much worse. Right. And whatever kind of healing modality that we're that we're in, whatever we're healing, a part of us ha- has to accept it. Right. Like we have to believe that the things that we use and do and practice for healing, that it works, right? We have to somehow allow for the healing to work on us. And I got this huge dose of antibiotics. And I just could just feel like, oh my God, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want antibiotics. I I was talking to, if you don't follow her online, you should. She's amazing. She's called the, the gut health doctor. So she's a proper MD who does, who focuses on gut health. And I had a, a session with her a couple of weeks ago, just because I've been having some like gut stuff, not severe. And I can trace a lot of it back to two years ago when I had to be on antibiotics again and again and again. It was like right in the middle of my burnout. I was really sick and I didn't have a choice, right? And I look back at that time too. Like I was in the middle of leading teacher trainings and retreats and I was so, so, so sick. And when, you know, like here's an antibiotic, here's another antibiotic. This one didn't work. Try another one. And it's like, you'll take anything. You just want to feel better, right? But at that time, because what I think you know, the reason I was sick was because I was burning out. You know, I was, I had been living under really high intensity stress for years and antibiotics was like kind of slapping a bandaid on something without actually dealing with the problem. Right. But I didn't know another way to power through. It's like, I had to, I had to not be ill. Right. And the antibiotics didn't work. And what it did is it really messed up my gut. You know, the way we know antibiotics is really hard on your system and, And it's like a blessing that antibiotics and penicillin, that it exists, like it saved so many lives. And there are going to be times in our lives when we really need it, right? But I think then it really messed me up, right? And I'm like still kind of healing my gut from that. And then now it's like, okay, you have pneumonia, you have no choice. Like literally you don't have any choice. And I asked, I said, okay, I really, I really don't want to take these antibiotics. What, 
what happens like with pneumonia untreated? Well, pneumonia untreated becomes worse pneumonia and worse pneumonia untreated like puts you in the hospital. Like it's like bad. You can't just meditate pneumonia away. Okay. And I, and I get that. And I'm not an idiot and I'm not like a science denier or any of those, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of that stuff in the spiritual communities and the yoga communities, like this denial of Western medicine. Like I'm not that person, but I'm also not that person who believes in every single aspect of, of Western science. I'm not that person who wants to take pharmaceuticals either. And so much of my life, you know, I, like when we have something, when I'm sick, when something goes on, like I'll go through the herbal protocols, like every step of the way. And honestly, nine times out of 10, that's it. And for Leia, like she's never, one time she was, she had a bad ear infection when she was like 10 months. And I was so scared. Like I was so, 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 so scared that she wasn't going to be okay. Like her fever was so high. We were in the ER with her. And that's the one time in her life that she's needed like that kind of medication, you know, because normally the the more natural remedies that I use, they work. And we're blessed that we haven't had severe stuff. And, you know, for every family, everyone, it's like you choose what works for you, right? But if I can choose, like I'm not, I, we, we don't take ibuprofen and paracetamol and all those like medicational stuff unless we absolutely have to, right? So that's kind of my approach. It's like, I'll go down the herbal route and oftentimes that works. I'll go down the natural remedy route and oftentimes that works. And then if something is severe enough that it's like, okay, then we'll go to the pharmaceutical point. But I'm not the person who's like grabbing the antibiotics right away as soon as something's wrong. No, you know, I, I, if I can avoid that, I would like to. I believe the body has a huge capacity to heal. And I can also see, you know, in my own life, from, from my own illnesses and the things that have come my way, that like now I can look back at that burnout how ill I was, how sick I was. Like they told me I had the flu. I had this, I was getting steroid shots up my ass. Like I'm not even kidding. I got so much and it really messed me up. It didn't help because the root cause of why I was ill was because my adrenals were totally shot from living under this high, high, high stress and pressure for years. Like the only thing that could have really helped and, and kind of helped me at that time would have been to stop, right? would have been to slow down, would have been to make sure I got adequate sleep, you know, that I could rest, that my whole body could just soften. And I couldn't because I had so many engagements and things I had to do. So it was like, I had to use all those things to kind of make it through. And eventually I got to a place where I could slow down, where I could stop. And then I healed, right? So it's like, there is, and, 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 and not, you know, I also don't think that this is the case for everything. I saw, I don't know who this woman was, but um, like a spiritual coach, something, something, writing that like you can meditate cancer away and that if you have, if you suffer from super severe illnesses, like it's something that's in your control and everything is karmic and everything is the way it's supposed to be. And I was like, fuck that. Like you don't tell a person suffering from like a severe illness that they brought that to themselves. Like that's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. You don't tell a parent of a child suffering from a serious illness that it's their fault. Like somehow you could have avoided this or somehow it's your karma. Like that is just a really traumatizing thing to share. Like unbelievable. I think there's, there's so many layers to this, right? It's kind of like, like this, like with, with my asthma, the way it is right now in regular day to day, like I 
can control my asthma with natural remedies. Like that, that works for me. Right. And then comes this moment of like a series of events all aligning at the same time. And I don't know if it's the combination of like the Saharan dust storm that we've had here for the past two weeks, combined with this specific cold that really attached to my chest and my lungs, maybe combined with some emotional things, like I'm going through a some emotional stuff happening. At the, you know, it's just like this perfect storm of things that all of a sudden now this has escalated to, okay, my natural remedies don't work. Okay, I it's time for antibiotics. I'm, I have pneumonia, time for antibiotics. Okay, let's go, you know. So it's, it's, it's for each of us to find that balance in ourselves, right? Like what kind of, what kind of healing remedies am I, am I looking for right now? What kind of healing remedies are available to me? You know, and I think denying and saying, no, thank you. I don't want antibiotics is a huge privilege. You know, there's so many places in this world where like antibiotics is a luxury, right? And then we're sitting here in the yoga community going, no, thanks. Gut health. I don't want it. Like there's so much to this, right? So I don't think that everything is within our control. I don't think that everything is karmic. I think that bad things just fucking happen and it's out of our reach, right? But then in those little day-to-day things, and this is what really worked for me is I realized that if I'm taking this specific asthma medication three times a day and not sitting with my overall health, right, then that's actually not helpful for me. And that's what, what what it was like for me in my teens. It was like I was prescribed all of this medication, but no one was really talking to me about my exercise, my stress levels, like my, you know, my mental health, what I was eating, like my, my overall lifestyle. And for me, my asthma is really, I mean, 100% relates to how I live my life. So I used to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. And I think I did that to rebel against the fact that I lived with asthma my whole life and I couldn't do anything. And I was like, fuck all of this. Like, fuck not knowing if I'm going to be able to breathe. If if I'm going to have an asthma attack, I'm going to be in charge of that. Like that was me when I was 14. Like I, 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 you know, I would take a puff of my inhaler and then light a cigarette. That was my life. I mean, that's insane. It's like, totally like insane, totally, totally, totally absurd. But I did that. And that gave me some sort of semblance of control. It was like, if I was going to have an asthma attack, at least I know I brought it on and I did it on purpose. Like it's really destructive and and horrible and insane, but somehow, I don't know, it must've served me in some way because I smoked a pack a day from when I was 12 until I was 17. So, you know, at that time, like being on all those medications, drinking a lot of alcohol, smoking cigarettes, not sleeping, not having any kind of mindfulness practice, you know, feeling this emotional stress, like dealing with a lot of old trauma, like feeling responsible for my family, eating really shitty foods. Like everything in my life was just, was just not in alignment with any kind of healing. Right. So that's for me is where kind of Western medicine failed me a lot. It's just addressing this one symptom of, hey, you have asthma here, take this inhaler. And those inhalers, you know, they make me really shaky. They make my heart race. They trigger all of this adrenaline in my body, which counters this huge need I have for rest. You know, I really think that that my asthma is really relates to my emotional state, relates to things that took place when I was little. Like I think I think it's body and I think it's energy and I think it's emotions and I think it's all of it. You know, we're all of this relates to who we are 
it's not just like my airways and that's the end all be all. No, it's all of these components, right? So addressing just the symptom of like you're asthmatic. Okay, here you go. And not addressing the lifestyle and my past, which was this huge thing. You know, like I, my first ever asthma attack came my way in a, in a moment of huge trauma when I was little, in a moment of huge separation, in a moment of total uncertainty. And I don't think that's a coincidence either, right? And then of course it's genetic, you know, my dad has it, my sister has it. So it's like, could it have been avoided? Maybe not at all. You know, there are so many components to this that are totally out of our control. But I also think that when I address those things, you know, when I find a way of life that feels healing to me, that feels calm for me, when I don't have to stress, right? When I feel at home in my body, when I'm eating nourishing foods that aren't inflammatory to my system, right? When I'm not smoking cigarettes, like, are you kidding me? You know, when I get sleep, when I meditate, like all of these things help me heal, right? And then all of a sudden I found that when I really took care of all of those components to my life, I didn't need my inhaler that much. I had a whole year of my life not using my inhaler at all. And that was a year of my life when I was the healthiest, like the healthiest of my life. And not just healthy in like a physical sense. Like I was raw vegan, but I was like, <sighs> it's hard for me to explain, but it was like a soul level of healthy. Just I was in alignment with, with everything. And I can think about that year of my life. Like, how did I get there? I don't know. I don't know. It's like a moment of grace, right? But I didn't use my inhaler for an entire year. So I also know that all of these factors deeply contribute to my well-being, right? And the doctors couldn't explain that. Like, you know, after that year, I haven't really seen a doctor even. I haven't had anyone look over or be in charge of my, of my asthma or that as a pro or had a protocol or anything like that. I've just had that same inhaler that I'm supposed to use for emergencies. And then sometimes it's a little worse, like when I'm feeling stressed or when I'm traveling a lot, like I have to use it more and sometimes I don't use it at all. Right. But I know already that there's more to this than just that medication. So now getting these antibiotics and breathing through this machine, and I got this nebulizer machine. It's like the same machine that they give you at the hospital to breathe through if you're having an attack and you go to the ER. And I have to put two kinds of medication in there and then three times a day breathe in this machine. And it's the same machine they would give me, the same kind of breathing thing, same medication I would have when I was five at the ER. So it's very triggering almost. It's like I'm, but I'm sitting on the couch at home in my house as an adult breathing through the same stuff. But it's, it's reminding me of that same place I was when I was five and it just felt so helpless. And it's like, I can't function. I can't breathe. I can't live my life without all of this help. And I know now like, okay, this is not a forever thing. I'm not going to be on this medication forever. This is not like a like a step back, you know, it's not like I've been healing and now I'm back to where I was. No, like I need this right now because I have pneumonia and I need to heal from it. So my challenge now, and I know many of you guys relate just from, from talking on, on Instagram about this, but how can I allow and accept all healing modalities that come my way? Because this resistance that I'm feeling now, it's like, I don't want to take these antibiotics. I don't want to screw up my gut health. Like I, and it's also this feeling of, oh, I don't want to need it. You know, I, 
I don't want to need it. I don't want to need any kind of med- medication. Why can't my body just figure this stuff out on its own? And I know that's a ridiculous thing to think. You know, it's like, you know, we all need help. Like medicine is here for a reason. It's all like good that we have it, but it's, it's this innate feeling of like, I don't want to be helpless. I don't want to have to need these things. So, and I can sense this in myself and like, and I really asked the doctor, like, do I really need it? And she says, yes, you know, you don't want this to get worse. And I can really, under, and then, you know, I'm like scared enough that like, yeah, I'll, I'll take everything. I trust, I trust her, you know, I can trust Western medicine and still trust the natural remedies that I've been working with for all these years. Like, how can I make these two areas of medicine, these, these different kinds of healings all work for me? And I know if I resist, it's going to be much harder for my body to actually accept the healing. You know, if I hate the antibiotics and I take them every day, there is a, there is a change in that alchemy right there. You know, if I'm holding that, that, that pill in my hand and I go, oh, I hate it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And then I take it like there's, there's going to be a different kind of absorption of that medicine in my body versus me trusting it right? Versus me wanting it versus me allowing, accepting it. Just the way, you know, that meditation at the beginning of this practice of, of how can I allow and not resist? And I think that, that, you know, that energy that we bring into these healing modalities, they play a huge role. You know, I think that, you know, I believe in the natural remedies. So often they work for me. I really believe in them. I read about them a lot. I read so much about plant medicine, like yoga meditation, like it really works for me. I really believe in it, right? And you can have this, you know, a person who's tried meditation and then really didn't like it and you decide meditation doesn't work for me. Chances are meditation isn't going to work for that person until maybe one day they have an experience that changes their mind. So, you know, and then I think it goes the same for like, you know, a Western kind of like doctor, like if you're a traditional pharmaceutical, like trained doctor, chances are you're going to think that all those plant medicines and the natural remedies, like it's all woo woo. And where's the scientific evidence of all of these things that's not going to work. So let's go straight to the pharmaceuticals that I have been trained work, you know, address the symptoms, like go for that. It's the same thing. Chances are those natural remedies aren't going to work in the same way. And we know this with placebo effect. Like we know the power of the mind of believing that the healing practices that we're using, that they work. That's a huge component to them actually working, to the body actually responding to that healing. Whether the healing is a pill or, or an herb, right? Whether the healing is a, a meditation practice or, you know, sitting with your nebulizer, inhaling Ventolin <laughs> the way I'm doing it now. And what I really would love to arrive at is this place of, of just acceptance. Like all of this is healing, right? Thank God we have Western medicine. Thank God we have all of this amazing healing that's made become available to us through science, you know, thank God that there are all these amazing medications that are available for really serious illnesses that save lives every day. Thank God. And thank God we still have natural remedies of plant medicine and herbs and ways that feel in alignment with the earth, you know, and lifestyle changes we can make that actually bring us closer to health. Like, thank God we have all of this. 
And I really, for me, the approach of, of lifestyle, of, of that more natural way, like that's where I want to begin. And I really believe if we lay that healthy foundation there, it's going to be easier to live a healthy life. But that doesn't mean that we're never going to have moments in our lives where we also could really use that, that Western medicine to help us. And I think going about it in that way is a really good, good approach. At least it is for me and my family. It's like, I don't want to reach for the pharmaceutical the first thing I do, but when I really need it, it's there. So how can I arrive at a place inside of myself where I accept it and allow it and embrace the healing of that the same way I embrace the healing of yoga and meditation and, and all of this, you know, it should all go hand in hand. It should all work in alignment together. So this practice that I am really immersed in now and that I'm yeah, really having to practice now because I want all of these healing modalities to work for me right now. And the practice is every day before I take my antibiotic pill, first of all, I have my antibiotic pills. I place them on my altar. And th there was something that felt a little strange about that. Like, you know, my altar is a place for all my most sacred things. And it just occurred to me if this is my, all my most sacred things, like before I smudge something around the house, I place it on my altar. I place my tea on my altar before I drink it. Everything I meditate with goes, spends a moment on my altar, right? So why, you know, shouldn't my antibiotics live there? If that's the thing that I really need right now to heal from this very, very hard thing, like the more presence and sacred energy I can bring to that medicine the better so my antibiotics live on my altar <laughs> and this might sound funny but to me it's like it makes it makes so much sense and then before I take every pill I take a moment and I meditate with it so I sit by my altar I hold it in my hands and I breathe and I pray may this healing serve me well may I embrace and accept all healing in every form as it comes my way may this pill serve and be for my highest good. Amen. You know, and whatever healing modality or practice or medicine you have in your life, if you have any kind of resistance to it, because there's going to be those things that we just need, but we don't want to need them. Right. Someone wrote me yesterday because I was sharing that just really briefly that, wow, I'm going to start doing that with my anti-anxiety medication. I'm going to start doing that with my antidepressants. And it's like, especially if you're in this, in this yoga community, you know, where sometimes there's the stigma, oh, I shouldn't need antidepressants. I shouldn't need anti-anxiety medication. I should be able to just meditate all that away. Like that's just not the case, right? It's just not the case. And maybe there's been times in your life where you didn't need those antidepressants and now you do. And it's like, wow, beautiful. They're available to me. They really help me. So how can I not just like surrender to the fact that I need them, but really embrace them, really love them right? Place that antidepressant on your altar, like meditate with that antidepressant the same way you meditate with your plant medicine, with your herbal remedies, with your favorite books, with your mala beads, with like with everything that's sacred to you. This thing, this pill that maybe keeps you happy or keeps you from feeling depressed or keeps your anti, keeps your anxiety at bay or helps your pneumonia go away. Like, we need to make those medicines as sacred as everything else and drop that resistance if we can. 
That doesn't mean that we have to take every single medication that's ever introduced to us. You know, we can use our discernment and really sit with like, what do I need? What do I not? What can I heal with lifestyle and food and plants? And what do I need extra help with? And that thing we need more help with, if there's stigma or resistance, or you've judged that medicine as like bad, you know, (laughs) which is so many of us have, like we've been a little bit conditioned in the yoga world to believe that everything Everything Western science somehow is bad. And it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not. So if it serves you, if it's medicine, it's sacred. Honor it in that same way. Place it on your altar. Take a breath, meditate with that pill every day before you take it and go, thank you. Thank God this is available to me. May this serve my highest good. And may I accept all healing in its every form as it comes my way. And I think that will help alchemize that medicine, you know, because what a blessing that we have all of this available to us. You know, not everybody does. It is a privilege to be able to sit with one foot on each side of these healing modalities and use both and use all and trust, you know. And if one day you feel in your heart like, oh, maybe something is shifting now. Maybe there's another kind of healing available to me now. Then we can reach for that, you know. And what I'm really, like my friend told me yesterday, hey, how long is this? How long are you taking these antibiotics for? I said, seven days. And she said, okay, you know you have to take the seven days, right? Even if you feel better on day four. (laughs) Because she knows me well enough that like, that's typical me. Like, oh, I feel better now. I don't have to take these last few ones. Like, yes. And I even sat with, if on day seven, I'm not, well yet and I need another seven days that okay I will sit with that and embrace that and trust in that right so take a moment today to just hmm, take a moment today to discern what healing you're kind of keeping at bay right now or what kind of healing or medicine you have judged as lesser than and maybe you're listening and you're like hey pharmaceuticals all the way I don't trust the plant world, right? I'm not trusting the herbal remedies that maybe there is something present in your life right now for you to open up to that, right? Because healing comes in so many forms, so, so, so many forms and having them available to us is a huge blessing. I want to thank you for tuning in with me today. I, uh, I don't know if this podcast became a little bit rambling or not, but All of this is making a lot of sense to me, at least. Maybe I'll listen to this podcast next week and go, hey, was I, (laughs) was I, was I okay here? But really, thanks for breathing with me, for listening, for holding some space and whatever healings are available to you now, I hope you really, really, really invite them in, whatever they look like, right? Thank you so much. I love you. Have a beautiful week. I hope I heal fast and by next week's podcast, I'm on the other end of this pneumonia and we can talk about running again because I really, I really want to get back to running, but it might be a while. So who knows? The Yoga Girl podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them at yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. 
I'll see you next week. <laughs>